He has blessed us again with another day. Brother Larry said to come to lift up the name of Jesus. <laughs> I can't think of anything that compares to this opportunity in life. It's fulfilling, isn't it? It's fulfilling. It's, there's, there's, a, there's a hunger inside children of God that, that want to get a little closer. And I believe this, this is one fine place to do that. It is a fine place to do that. And I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful and I don't want to take it for granted. And I, want to, I don't want to leave nothing short. I want to give you my best. I want to give you my best. You know, you hear all different songs playing in the land today, and I, I heard that little drummer boy song. He said, I want to give him, give him my best to a king. I remember Brother Gary talking about it one time, and I want to give my best to my king, and his name is Jesus. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the king of the Jews. <laughs> The king of the Gentiles. There is no other. <laughs> and I want to give him glory and honor. I want to give him glory for he changed my life. And I wasn't worthy of it. I was not worthy of it. When I begin to think of what he's done for me, and I remember the state of mind I was in, the state of sin I was in, and he still knocked on my heart's door. That makes me rejoice. Because I wasn't fit for a king. I wasn't fit to go into a place to reverence a king. I wasn't fit to, to lift up his name in a synagogue or, or in, a, in a place of worship. I wasn't fit. But he saw me and he changed me. It made me fit for a king. Not only that, as the scripture says, he's, he made me heirs with God and joint heirs with Christ. He has given me a kingdom. He has given me, as Brother Gary talked last week, of a hope. He has prepared a place. That where I am, you may be also. I'm going away, he says. <laughs> he says, but you, as we talked Wednesday, he says, but you, <laughs> hey, I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you the Holy Ghost as we talked. John 14. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be in you. I want to guide you. I want to give you something to rejoice about. <laughs> and he's done just that this morning. And I'm thankful. What a life. What a life Jesus can give to a broken heart. I am so happy. I'm so happy. Not on my merits, <laughs> but of what Jesus has done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to talk about it, that Jesus being sufficient for man today. He is enough. He's enough. When we got a world that is, that is wrapped up in all about self, all about... <laughs> And I think self-sufficiency in, in, in areas is, is a good thing, but I'm talking about there's one place in man's life that it is impossible for man to be self-sufficient in, 
and that's your salvation. That is your being able to be a strong, strong man to stand against the wiles of the devil. I'm saying it's, it's, it's a place to where we got to have the power of God. we got to have the Spirit of God. It's a must. It's a must. If we're going to fight this warfare, I am so thankful for it. As the examples here, sufficient. It, what suffices us? Turn to John 14. As you turn there, I'm going to read as I was reading this morning, Psalms 9. In verse 8, he says, And he shall judge the world in righteousness. And we've been talking about a righteous judge. And, and he shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness, he says. The Lord also, he says, will be a, a refuge for the oppressed. For the oppressed. He's a refuge for them. <laughs> I'm thankful. He's a refuge in time of trouble. And they know, he says, know the, the name that will put their trust in, in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that forsake thee. I'm so thankful for this Lord. This, uh, this Psalms uh, spoke of this one. Uh, we're in John, the 14th chapter. We read this. Uh, we read this um, Wednesday. Brother Larry had mentioned it. And it was in my text for this for today. And I thought, Lord, this is it's, it's good. John 14, uh, a lot of it's written in red here, and he's, he's talking to his. His, his brothers, his disciples here. In John 14, starting in verse 6, he says, Jesus said unto him, he says, I am the way, he says, the truth and the life. He says, no man cometh unto the Father, he says, but by me. <laughs> and as I began to think of this, I thought, ah, oh, yes, you are the way. You are the truth and the life. And, and as I begin to think of that, and you know, we... Uh, it's so important as we read these scriptures that you really kind of take time in life. Take time in life and just sit and kind of dissect these scriptures here and think. Think on these things. Think on these things. Him being the, the, the truth. He's, him being the truth. And there were so many in the day of Jesus that rejected him because he said so much that they had never heard. Some, they said some things, or he said some things that well, just went against the grain of man. <laughs> but it was truth. It was truth. And that was what needed to be done to save mankind. And this, that's what we need today. We need truth. We need the truth. It's the way, he says, he's the way to the Father. He's the mediator between God and man. We have now have access. And he's the life. The life. You know, every one of us is, we hear different tragedies. We hear different stories. And you're hearing so much today of different ones that their lives have been cut short. And we see things that the people go through in life. And you see things and you thought, how can they do that without the love of God? 
How can they face another day in life without God? And I'm so thankful that I don't have to face another day on my own. Aren't you? Aren't you? It is, what a comfort. He was singing the songs this morning. I thought, <laughs> it's just so fitting for the word that's coming this morning. I thought, Lord, you're so good. You're so good. And when I hear these songs and then we have these scriptures, and it's just, to me, it's just, it's beautiful. He says, no man cometh unto the Father, he says, but by me. If you had known me, he said, you should have known my Father also, and from henceforth you know him and have seen him. You've seen his Father that I speak of here. And Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. Show us the Father, and it will suffice me. That suffices. It's enough. It's just to satisfy me, to satisfy my, my eyes, to satisfy my, my human thought, thinking. It, it, it's to afford something and to supply something. <laughs> I couldn't help but to think, you know, at times uh, in past, uh, you, you've seen those and you've heard of those uh, insufficient funds. What happened? Well, you spent more than you had. Uh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, we're in trouble here. But then when I begin to think of this scripture here, him being the way, the truth, and the life, and we turn to him, you know, I've never found in this word of God to where it wasn't enough. He's always been able to provide. His seeds never begged for bread. Scripture says, we've got a great, a, a great lesson here. We'll read shortly. And I was thinking as this uh, him sufficeth me, as Philip says, let me, let me see the Father, and it'll suffice me. And I, I begin to think of these scriptures, and I thought, Lord, you know, uh, uh, what is it that man has a desire? That, that he, he, we we got to see something. And I was thinking of the Jews. They, they seeked for a sign, didn't they? They, they, they weren't seeking for a sign. You're going to have to show me a sign here that you're the Messiah, that you are the real, the real one. And I began to think as Brother Gary talked last week about our hope lying in this Word of God. And church, that's what we have today. We have this Word of God. We have this word of God that's, that's, that will lead us, direct our paths. We have the spirit inside of us that quicken our mortal bodies, as the scripture says. He's made us alive. He gave us that new heart, took that stony heart out, give us a heart of flesh as the prophets of old spoke of. And give us these things. Lord, show us these things. Show us these things. I remember, I think it was Brother Earl a long time ago. He said, a lot of times we ask for things. And he says, it's already written. It's already written. Read the Word. Read the Word. What's the Word say? We don't want to wrestle with the Word, do we? We don't want to wrestle with the Word. <laughs> That's not the answer. It is the answer. It is the answer. 
God changed my heart, my mind, my thoughts to where it lines up with the answer, the Word of God. Jesus said unto him, Have I not been so long a time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? You, you still haven't known me? I don't know about you. As I read these scriptures, I thought, Lord, I begin to think and count the years that I've been in church. I've been, I was thinking of all the different messages at times that I've heard. I remember when I felt the power of God so strong. How long have I been with you, Michael? How long have I been with you? And to you as well. How long has he been with you? Philip, he has seen me, has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? We read the whole chapter here the other night. Turn to John 6 if you would. He's a parable here, or there's, there's, there's a, not a parable, I'm sorry, but here's a, a fine example here of him being the bread of life and seeing these things that was miraculously done by his hands. And him being sufficient. He says, after these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw him, his miracles which he did on them that were diseased. Uh, he saw all these things. He thought, this is a healer here. This is that great physician. He says, And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, he says, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company coming to him, and he said unto him, Philip, when shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he for he himself knew what he would do. Jesus knew what was going to happen here. Jesus knew what was going to happen. He was talking to old Philip here. And one of his uh, Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them. <laughs> Look at this multitude. It's going to take a lot here to, to feed. It's going to take a lot to, to prepare. It's going to take a lot of effort here to feed all of these. That every one of them may take a little. You know, I was thinking of these, this scripture here, and I thought, you know, this we teach this a lot in, in our younger uh, Sunday schools. But as I begin to read and see these things, there's, there's a lot in it here. He says, one of his disciples, Andrew, he said, Simon Peter's brother said unto him, there is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? Well, this... This ain't near enough, he says. This ain't near enough to take care of all of these, this great congregation here. And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place that the men sat down in numbers about 5,000. And Jesus took the, took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed it to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down. And likewise the fishes as much as they would. Now when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain. 
Let nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. How much? How much? Twelve baskets. He filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five of the five barley loaves which remaineth over the above of them that eateth. That's way more than he started with. And I begin to think, and I thought, Lord, that's our God. That's our God. Now, a lot of times when we, as, we, as I said, we teach this to our younger, and we kind of just brush it off because uh, maybe because when you, when you see naturally things, no doubt we believe it. We believe it. But this was a miracle to produce more than what he started with. And then I began to think, Lord, I want you to produce more than what you started with in me. You being the bread of life, I need you to give me more each and every day. I need more. I need more. You know, it's a sad state, brothers and sisters, when we sit down and we feel full. When we feel to the point of, well, I've got enough. That don't go with the word of God. Because my word says those that hunger and thirst. We got a hunger and thirst. We got a, he says, I'll fill you. He says, I'll give you plenty to eat. It, and you, you can go back and many times there's many examples. Well, look at the children as I brought them out of bondage. I give them manna to eat. A bread from heaven. They got to the point, well, this wasn't good enough. I need meat. We need things that we had before. I'll give you meat. You see all these things. He is a provider. He's a provider. Now I get to looking and I see the things that, that the early church faced. And I know I have the same spirit they had. I know, as the scripture says, he hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. He is the same. And as a body, I say this. I say that a concerning thought to me as I was thinking is, why do we church? Why do we church have so many highs and lows in life? Why is there so many times it just feels like we're up one day and down the next? And I begin to look at the early church and what they went through, and they had a rejoicing in their life. No matter what came, <laughs> it was God to be the glory. No matter what came, I'm trusting in the Lord. I'm going to preach and proclaim the name of Jesus. That was their life. And I begin to think, what's the scripture say about a, a double-minded man? He's unstable in all of his ways. I see these things, and I thought, Lord, help us, help us. Not to be as the seas, uh, the waves of the sea. That's tossed to and fro, as the scripture says. God, you are sufficient. You are enough for me each and every day. When we live in a world, as I said, of so much destruction and we see so much going on. And you see men that's troubled. I want us to get to the place that we're 
in Jesus, and he's sufficient enough for us each and every day. I want him to be to the point that <laughs> I'm going to do by the grace of God. I don't want to err in this way. I don't want to charge God foolishly. I don't want to do these things that there's warnings in the Word of God that tells us, be cautious, be careful. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you put before you. We see all these things in the Word of God. For what? For our learning, for us, that we can overcome. I begin to think of the love that He has for His church and for me and you. <laughs> and when we see our little ones fall, it hurts, doesn't it? It hurts. And when we see a spiritual brother or sister fall, it hurts. It hurts. Did you know what it can bring? <laughs> you see so much that the adversary tricks cunning things that he brings to the children of God. As I was reading these, these passages, he says, make the men sit down, and I couldn't help but to think <laughs> a lot of times in my life I just need to sit down. I just need to sit down and watch the hand of God move. Now as he went through, and what a miracle he performed that they, they got to eat. And they walked with him because they saw him do miracles. But if you turn, or if you just scroll down or go down to 26 of the same chapter. John 6, starting at 26. And Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he said, You seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves, and he says, and you were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, he says, for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then say they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? And Jesus answered unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. We've got to believe on him, that who he, whom he has sent. And we begin to read this word of God and this beautiful passages. And what Jesus has, he's enough. He's enough for his church. In verse 32, it says, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my fathers give you the true bread from heaven. He's, he, he's talking to some men here that he, and he threw out these uh, stories of old. And, and Jesus will say, this come from my Father. This come from the Father of heaven. 
For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. He giveth life unto the world. As I begin to think of these scriptures and I think him being the life of the world. Him being the life of the United States. Do you see much life in the United States today? Why? Because there's no Jesus. There's no Jesus. There is Jesus in a few. In a few. <laughs> I, I couldn't help. In, in ways, I, it makes me fear for my neighbors. It makes me, uh, Lord, please stir up their minds. Lord, please let them see the need for the Holy Ghost. He gives life unto the world. <laughs> We're here this morning. He gave us breath that we could come here this morning. And my prayer was that we would have some come that someone talked to. I really prayed, Lord, give them, give them strength, because I knew the adversary was going to be there to lie to them. I knew there was going to be a battle. Church, it's, at times it's a battle to come. At times the adversary is there telling you all the reasons not to come. We've all faced that. We've all faced that. <laughs> but church, he's life. He's life. You'll not find it anywhere else. He giveth life unto the world. Turn, if you would, to 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. I'm not going to... Hold you long. <clears throat> I know these masks. I was teasing with Missy there Wednesday... She was catching her, breath, catching her breath. I said, you sure you ain't got a couple more songs? He said, nah. It tends to, tends to take, it, take its toll over a little while. Brother Gary, he had a mask the first time we come. I said, that mask ain't going to work for him. <laughs> it, it was way too thick, wasn't it, brother? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, that's, uh, there's no way he's going to be able to do anything in that one. So this is my third, and I hope this, this works. Seems to work a little better. But God's still good, isn't he? He's still in control. These things we, we do to get, to get to come together, we'll do. Praise God. 2 Corinthians 3. Brother Paul's writing, and if you read too, he's, there, was, there was concerns there. And there was things that was, there was some coming in and they're trying to divide, trying to, to tear down. There was false doctrines, if you would. There was some men coming in, creeping in to get gain from the churches. So Brother Paul, he's, he was, uh, spoke with him. He says, do we begin again to commend, he says, ourselves? Or need we, uh, as some others... The epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation. He's, 
He says, from you. He's, what he's saying is, he says, his grace is what he's given us and what we've taught. He says, it's, you should see the power of God in us and not, not these of these others. You see the things that trouble you. In verse 2, he says, ye, he says, are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. He says, ye are our epistle. He says, written in our hearts. He says, we've got the Spirit of God. You have the Spirit of God. I have the Spirit of God. And we come together in love and we see these, these things, this Christ uh, in us, knowing and read of all men. He says, for as much as ye are mani uh, manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, he says, ministered by us. He says, written not with, with ink, but the, with the Spirit in the living God, of the living God. Not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Of the heart. <laughs> I think of his sufficiency. And church, I, I hope and pray that you, you take time at, during the week and just, just sit down and think of where he's brought you from. What he's given you. Just the thankfulness that, that, that flows from, man, I, I, you forgave me from all these things. And, and what you've given me and... Uh, I can't help but to rejoice. I, me and Linda was out this morning on a Sunday morning walk, and she showed me something. It was two young sisters, two baby girls, and it touched my heart. The bigger sisters battling cancer and had just a few strings of hair in her head, and her younger sister was holding her tight up against her neck, and she was patting her older sister. Her younger sister had beautiful hair. And her sister at one time had beautiful hair. But she's battling. And I thought, look at the love. <laughs> look at the love these little ones had one for another. And it touched my heart. I was out working this week and I went to a new job on a Monday morning and went to a family's house and I went in and the mom was there and they had two little kids and they was Young, six, probably six, about Jeremiah and Isaiah's age. So I took it. And it was at home, and as I was working, I began to watch, and I saw them. And they was watching some cartoon or something on TV. And I could see this, this older brother sitting down, and the younger brother was tucked in tight to him. And the older brother rested his chin upon the younger brother's head. And I thought... You could just see such love one for another and compassion. And you could see such <laughs> closeness there. I thought, Lord, that's two fine examples you've given me this week <laughs> to show me how I should love my brother, how I should love my sister. Just by seeing these little things in life. That's in the tables of the heart. That's when, when we see these things and, it, and it, <laughs> it touches us to the heart, we see the things of God. We see the move in the hand of God. He says, in such trust have we, he says, through Christ, he says to God, Lord, our trust we have through Christ. And I, I thought, Lord, that is just beautiful words of Brother Paul. Is writing to the church. 
Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything is of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of what? It is of God, isn't it? It comes from God. <laughs> God give me the grace and the mercy to come to an altar of repentance. God give me <laughs> by His love and mercy and His grace, He, he drawn me at times when I failed Him. And He drawn me, <laughs> just get a little closer, Michael. You need help? I got it. I got, your, I got the strength. I got the power that you need. So many times. So many times. He done just that. Who also hath made us able ministers of this New Testament. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit give light. Now you go back in the days of old, and that's, that letter... Those laws, if you've done wrong, well, you get stoned. You better obey the laws here. You didn't, what happened? You give a sacrifice, it would push it ahead for another year. But I'm so thankful for this new covenant. I'm so thankful that my sins are forgiven. I'm so thankful that I now... <laughs> That veil was rent in twain, as I think Brother Gary had mentioned it last week. We now have access. We have access. We can go to our Father. We can go to Him. In troubles, in help, in time of need, we can go to Him. He's sufficient to supply all your needs. All your needs. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves, he says. I see so many walking in life, and I, I'm not saying it to put them down. I say it that they're on shaky ground, if you would. Or, and I was thinking of that double-minded man and the importance of humility, the importance of... Uh, just being humble as, as Christ was. And the importance of these things in life that we see. There's times you see people that become, as you back to the first verse, he says, commend ourselves. Do we begin again to commend ourselves? We don't, we don't have trust in ourselves. We don't, we don't praise ourselves. But we, we want to give praise to the Lord. And I see, as, as he also wrote in 2 Corinthians, the first chapter. And I, I kind of, you got to get all this kind of, all this kind of comes together here.
And as I was thinking of the love one for another and the importance of what Brother Paul was writing to the church in 2 Corinthians 1, in verse 24, in verse 23, he says, Moreover, he says, I call God for a record upon my soul, that to spare you, he says, I came not as yet unto, he says, unto Corinth. But verse 24 is what caught my eye. He says, Not for that we have dominion over your faith. He says, I don't have dominion over your faith. That's, you know, that's, you know, that's between you and God. He says, I want to help you. I want to help you just as Christ wanted to help us. And you see these things. He says, he's sufficient. He's sufficient. I want, to, I want you to see these things. He says, not for that we have dominion over you, but our helpers, he says, of your joy. <laughs> now, to me, that, that, that blessed my, my heart when I begin to read that. We're helpers one to another for, our, for your joy, for my joy. And I begin to think of, man, I, I remember those times of, a different ones has come and, and has just testified. And the joy that it's bring, has brought to me from years later. Later, I, th- I think of testimonies of different ones. And I thought, Lord, that's, that's you. We are helpers, one of your joy, he says. For by faith, he says, you stand. For by faith, you stand. Why? Because he is sufficient enough. He is enough. He is enough. In a crazy world, church, he is enough. He's enough. Uh, I hope I'm not boring you, but I'm just I'm trying to get to church. It's so easy. It's so easy by our actions in life. You see these routines. The older you get, the more you realize. You got a routine. You, you go to work, you get up, you go home, and you just you wait for the next day. It's just more and more the same thing. But church, we need to make sure that he is sufficient for us. We need to make sure that he is in our mind. He's in our thoughts. And in the busyness of life, you better make sure he's there. You better make sure he's there. Because I'm telling you, the adversary is going to come in. He's going to creep in. And before you know it, he's not going to be there. He's not going to be in your mind and in your thought. He's not going to be in your actions. And what's going to happen? Something's going to feel those actions. Something's going to feel those thoughts. Something's going to feel that eye. Something. Man's not capable to stand on his own. You cannot be self-deficient. Sufficient. And you got... We got neighbors all around us that you can see it. And we have this hope. We have this hope. And the way things are going, it's going to get a lot worse, church. It's going to get worse. We better be standing today. I turn to James 2. Brother James, he's, you know, I've seen, I've seen so many different advertisements of things to put up. I see one all the time of a, an advertisement of a dry foods and packets. He says they're healthy packets of food. He says it can last you up to a month of just constant one month of eating, 30 days. I thought, well, 
That's good, but what after the 30 days? Well, you just have to keep buying. Well, you're going to run out of money soon because they're very expensive. They said, well, you gotta, <laughs> you got to have uh, these things can last much longer than your canned foods in your cellar. Man's looking for, you, you see this, man's looking for things here to suffice you, to, to, to get us through, to, to get us to where we can, be, we can be healthy, to get us to where we can fight. That, and I was thinking, well, that's, that's the Word of God. The Word of God wants to get us through. The Word of God wants to get us to where we can fight a good warfare. Not carnal, but spiritual. There's a darkness here, gross darkness. That's what we're fighting. We're fighting this warfare. So we see these things. And Brother James, he, as he saw these things in churches, he saw things. He says, be careful, be cautious here. You don't want these things. You don't want respect a person to come in. You see these things. You, you, and, he, and this James 2, he talks about this fine man coming in, having money. And so many people want to flock to that. They want to flock to that. Why? Well, I can get gain. I might get some. He says in verse 3 of James' second chapter, And he have respect of him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool, he said. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, when you become judges, he says, of evil thoughts? He says, Hearken, my beloved. This is the scripture, the fifth verse. Hearken, my beloved brethren, have not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them? He says that love him. <laughs> As we read this, I, I, true riches, true riches. Put up. There's a passage that talks about what do we put up in store. Don't put up in store that to Moths can eat or can destroy or man can come in and steal. Where do you lay your treasures up? In heaven. In heaven. Brother Paul says, you can't take that from me. Other brother says, ah, let's lay this up. Let's see these things. But God had chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith. And heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him. The promises of God. And we find the word of God is just loaded with the promises. And I find that he's never come short of his promises. All the, the writings and the testimonies of the brothers and the sisters. I believe they all in their own way said yes. He is sufficient. Yes, he's sufficient. <laughs> In all things, yes, he's sufficient. He's never done me nothing but good. <laughs> he's sufficient. And, and you see these things. Uh, verse 6, he says, Do not rich men oppress you and, and, and draw you before the judgment seat? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by which you are called? 
can you see that in the world today? Absolutely. Absolutely. He says, you, you love your neighbor. Fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures in verse 8. Thou shalt love the neighbor as thyself. He said, you do well. But don't have respect to person. He said, you commit sin and are convinced of the law as a transgressor. You see these things in the word of God. And I guess my point, church, is the riches of this land, of this world. You see the men that's going after you. You see the things that they're trying to, to get and together to, to get them through. And all the time, our nation is going away or don't want this name, this name of Jesus. The preaching, they don't want the preaching of the power of the Holy Ghost. They don't want the preaching of the need for it. And I begin to think, and as I look at our congregation, it's so important, church. It's so important that we see the need for this. The need for, God, I want to be, I want to be stable in you. I want you to be my sufficiency in time of need. I want you to be <laughs> my eye. I want it to be set on you. I'll not be shaken. I was thinking of old brother Peter as he was walking to go out and see Jesus in the, on the sea. He took his eye off, didn't he? What happened? He began to start to sink. We've got to be focused. We've got to be focused. I hope and pray I said something to you. I, Something to, to uplift you, to give you something. I was thinking of the, the power that these brothers and sisters, when they preach the word of God, and that's what it takes. Hebrews speaks of this gospel being preached, but some, they didn't mix it with faith. Hebrews says, and we've got to mix it with faith. We've got to believe. We've got to believe that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We've got to believe and he is, he is enough. He is enough. Man, I'm telling you, it is so easy for the flesh to desire things of this world. But I'm telling you, he's enough. He's enough. Pray for me.